Is everyone feeling comfortable with their headphones and their mics? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'm really nervous. Why are you looking at me? Oh, me. Yeah, okay. you do that. Well, we've got to do your whole welcome to season two. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Welcome to season two. We're back. We are back. We are here. We're ready. We're raring to go. And we have the mother of all episodes for you. Yeah. Mum is definitely the word today. <laughs> so welcome back to the least of our problems. Season two, episode one. I'm Kate. And I'm Lily. And today we're going to be talking about aging, the fear of aging and why women experience much more pressure than men to age gracefully. We have two, technically three, very special guests. So, ladies, would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm Emily and I produce Lily. Uh, I'm Penny and I produce Kate. I nearly said I'm Kate. <laughs> and we have a very quiet Hugo lying on the floor. Hugo is a dog, not a human. We are treating him well in the normal format of how you treat a dog. <laughs> So we wanted to get you guys on to talk about aging. Um, and we don't mean that in like a haha, you're old sort of way. More in like a, um, it would be cool to talk to the two people that birthed us independently of one another, obviously. And kind of talk about aging and worries about aging and get a different perspective rather than just me and Kate talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah, we thought it would be fun to have our two first guests as two of probably the most important and influential women in our lives. Kate, do you need some more money? Yeah. <laughs> Being extra nice. Mom, but my car's still yet to be fixed. <laughs> right, so um, I don't know how much you guys have listened to it. Mum, I know you had some strong opinions originally about about it. Um, so the premise of this podcast is that we pick a topic and we kind of bring a bit of reality to it. We bring it down, back down to earth to make other people who might be feeling a little bit like me and Lily, a little bit lost, a little bit better. So should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. So let's start with a fact. Research has found that most women feel much more anxious about aging than men do. So the first question goes out to, I guess, me and Lily. Are we are we scared to age? Yes. It's short in a short term answer. Um, not because I'm scared to get old. I'm scared how society will view me as I get old. So I'm not scared to have a few wrinkles here and there kind of thing. But I'm scared of how I'll be treated when I do, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm more scared of the wrinkles than the ageing, I think. And I don't know why. Did you guys find turning 30 scary? No, I didn't. Um, I think I was so busy having children and bringing children up that there wasn't really an opportunity to think about ageing at that point because I was just too busy. And you can you can still have kids, you can do everything at 30. I mean, assuming you want them. You, you are a woman, you are... You can do anything. You can have a career, you can have kids, you can do what you want. I think getting older, I've got grey hair and I just think people do judge me. And the trouble is, I feel I then judge myself and make myself not really into a little old lady. And um, 
I think it's really hard to cast off, but I'm sorry I've moved on from that. But at 30, no, the world was my oyster. Interesting, because 30 for us seems to be a sort of cut-off point, And I feel like it always goes back to the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Now, mm. If I haven't made something of myself by the time I'm 30, that's it. I'll never be able to make something of myself. But also just thinking about what you said, mum, without having children, I have a lot of free time to think about how I look, look at myself in the mirror, think, should I spend my money on Botox? Rather than just, oh, I better bathe my kids and feed my kids. And I have a lot of free time, I guess. But also, I mean, I didn't have Kate till... I was nearly 40 and you know your 30s are just so full of stuff that you can do for you even if you do have kids I mean it is harder but um they're they're a great time well I for me I found they were better than my 20s I hope so I'm going into my 30s poorer wrinklier and unfitter than I was in my 20s so yes a same but do you feel more sure of who you are a bit more than when you were 20 yes very much so do you think you worry more or less about aging than your male counterparts so i do mm-hmm. and because i'm obviously in a uh, heterosexual relationship with a male of exactly the same age who is exactly the same kind of background he does not care like trying to get him to do skincare is genuinely like getting blood from a stone i'm gonna age better than him But also I feel like it's going to be more accepted for him to age in that way. Whereas if I just let myself age without doing all that stuff, you don't often get influencers and TV products going SPF for men, SPF for men. It's all about the women. All women are putting it on. And, you know, I find that really hard that for him, even though he's doing absolutely nothing about his aging process and I'm putting in 50 creams a night and you know soaking in goat's milk that I got from the Himalayas I'm gonna be aging and seen as aging worse than him and he'll be like a silver fox what about you Lily I have never come across yet in my life a man who's worried about aging just hasn't happened I've never but yeah every single woman woman I know will be worried about some part of themselves. They'll have like fixated on something. So for me, it's I'm going gray. And I look at it and people tell me and I'm like, yeah, I know, but what can I do about that kind of thing? Mm. Um, And I know you talk about Botox all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And we seem to, every woman I meet has found something about themselves and is fixated on it. And how it's changing by the day and how it's aging. But I haven't come across a man to do that. Okay, so the same question to you guys. How do you feel the aging of your male counterparts has made you feel as you've kind of gone through the process? I mean, and the examples, when you look at Hollywood, when you look at the film industry, men are allowed to go grey, have wrinkles, and they're still... People go, oh, God, he's so good-looking whereas the women are rushing off and having everything lifted and dyeing their hair. And then I'd like to know, are judged for it. Oh, that was a botched Botox. Oh, she doesn't look good. She should have aged gracefully. Yeah, if she aged gracefully, there'd be rinse for that as well. And also probably discarded out of Hollywood. Mm. You know, not used in films. 
And it's interesting that you brought that up because I was researching earlier. Uh, Gina Davis has an institute of research and it's like, if she can see it, she can be it. And she spends a lot of her time. She's developed this software basically where she can run movies through it and tell you the stats on how many women were in it, what percentage of screen time the women got. And there was a thing on aging and it was like, um, women peak at 29 and for like how many movie roles they're offered and men peak at something like 36 but there was a not helpful because it's a podcast but there was a graph and it showed that women it was basically very sharp little point 30 dramatically down men it's like a steady climb up and then they just consistently are still offered movie roles no matter how old they get mm. and I'm like how is that fair I was just thinking about medieval times when they had to have children to, you know, work on the farm to carry on whatever they were doing. Our life isn't like that. So you'd think that women would become equal because we're not just needed for our procreation. But it hasn't happened. But perhaps, oh, I don't know, it's some, oh, it's really damning it's the men who are at fault isn't it? We're, we're all here for the for the men hating we're oh, fine yeah. With it. yeah so the next fact there is a well-known social phenomenon called invisible woman syndrome that can make it particularly hard on women over 70 percent of women feel that as they age they will become more invisible and the invisible women syndrome is how women in their 40s and 50s which is typically the age where most women start menopause find themselves overlooked in social social situations, the workplace and in the media. So to the mums, have you ever heard of this before? I've experienced it. I didn't actually realise it was a syndrome. I've been really aware of, you know, when I was younger and you'd, you'd walk down the street and being aware of just people looking at you. Mm. Um, and I'm just aware that that doesn't happen anymore. I don't really mind it now. It gives you a different perspective. Whereas you know, you might be kind of judged based on your youthful look and appearance. Um, there's something different about when you're not being judged for that all the time. It's almost like a relief. It can give you a different kind of feeling about yourself. And I don't mind that so much anymore. It's almost like I can just get on with my business. Oh, that's nice. And no one's <laughs> bothering about me. So it's not all bad for me, hmm. personally. So it, it feels like more free. Yeah. So it's not all easy, but I don't think it's all bad either. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Cause I, I feel we're kind of at the the point where we're tipping. It's kind of that really awful part of it where men do look at younger women and they're like, well, that's attractive. And we're starting to get past the point that we're young enough to be conventionally attractive in the sense of like youth and wildness but we're also not at the point that we can just go okay like we've got you know life loads of life experience we're on the cusp of both of it and it's kind of like juggling where we sit because I think if you pay too much attention to all the social pressures you could end up feeling really negatively about yourself Mm. whereas if you kind of go well this is where I am I can't change it yeah and find something good in that something kind of meaningful in that then it doesn't matter so much I don't know about you Lily but for me 30 is that so I feel like once I'm out of my 20s I feel like I'm out of the woods I can kind of 
stop worrying. I feel like all the anxiety around it's going to go. I feel like I'm going to stop worrying about whether I um, need Botox. I feel like as soon as I hit 30, I'm like, okay, I'm now in that next little bit and I'm going to be okay and I'm not going to worry about it. But it's not going to happen. 6th of August, 12 o'clock, I'll still be anxious. But just 30 and anxious. But do you know know what I'm dreading is the career aspect of it because Mm. now I work in a coffee shop and even though I'm 29, when people hear that you're still in, you're in your 20s and working in a coffee shop, they're like, well, you're still figuring things out. But being 30 and working in a coffee shop, that, I don't know how that feels. Except that, you know, allowing for you being struck by lightning or anything awful. You've got years and years of your career, whatever it's going to be ahead of you. Dirty is absolutely nothing. And you're getting life experience. You've got your degree. I know you didn't think perhaps it was worth it, but you've got it. Dirty is nothing. And you're going to look at life with that much more maturity. I mean, I think your mum's right. I think Emily's right. I mean age gives you a certain lack of inhibition and I felt that I was I wasn't dreading being 60 but it felt like it probably could be all over and actually I'm more confident than I have ever been I don't care what people think if I want to wear eccentric clothing then I'll wear it if I want to and you know why shouldn't I do things in my 60s that I was doing in my 20s, 30s. Um, but it's only those years of confidence. And you, you've got some of those years behind you. And suddenly, or perhaps not suddenly, but it will strike you what you want to do. I mean, you're bright, you're intelligent. Um, and you can make a good flat white. <laughs> but, you, Mum, you said, I remember you saying to me that your 60s, you're really enjoying them. Yeah. And you saying that you feel like you're the most kind of vibrant version of yourself because you're like actually i don't i don't have a kid relying on me (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think i'll take that one back (laughs) so another fun fact that we found about aging is that 70 percent of women say that they have purchased or currently use an anti-aging project project product god (laughs) product and 55% own at least three products which are anti-aging. So do you, Lily, do you own a product that is anti-aging? Yeah, it's called Denial. <laughs> and it's going really well. <laughs> Where can you get this? <laughs> I actually haven't purchased anything anti-aging and I'll tell you why. Because there was a rumour going around that if you used anti-aging stuff before you needed anti-aging, it wouldn't work when you really needed the anti-aging. Oh, well, I've heard the opposite. My (laughs) sister, who's very, very keen not to age, when she was in her 40s, said, "Um, I think I'm going to get some anti-aging products. The woman in the shop said oh, you've left it way too late. You should have started in your 20s. So my sister had a complete panic and meltdown. Do you, Kate? Uh, Yes. So as soon as it says anti-wrinkle, bam, that's in my basket. In your basket. Mm. In my basket. I don't think it's helped. What does help 
actually is eating well because the wrinkles go because I don't look so gaunt if I don't if I eat better so actually I should just throw those out and I actually have breakfast lunch and dinner and a bit like a normal human rather than eating a banana and then eating a fuckload of pasta before I go to bed I think the mums are nodding <laughs> I think that's just sound life advice yeah anyway yeah anyway. Emily, do do you but like I I'm going to say here that Emily and Lily don't look like mother and daughter. They look like sisters, <laughs> and that's not because Lily is because like, I'm just I'm haggard and weathered. And <laughs> are you calling your mother haggard? <laughs> but Emily, do you? Yes. So I was just going to say I think that's really interesting what you just brought up about we're encouraged to put stuff on our skin to look better but it's probably what we're putting in our bodies. Mm. And I don't think there's enough education around that. So young girls growing up are probably not taught. It's really important to eat well and exercise. And then they're sold expensive creams. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying they do any harm, but there's not enough push towards the, it's what's on the inside. Having said that, yeah, I've got anti-aging creams. I've got this lovely, um, I don't know, it's got some kind of rose thing in it and it's all shiny when I put it on my face and I love it and it costs an insane amount of money. Um, and I have Botox. and I was really resistant to having Botox and then I realised that nearly everyone I knew had, it. had had Botox and I just went, I now look older because everyone else my age looks younger. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So I went... I'm just going to do it. And yeah, I was resistant. I had kind of had this idea and I'm just going to age gracefully. I don't want to mess around in my body and face, but it was about the best thing I've ever done. Okay. I that's cemented. That Emily. Don't, don't listen, Kate. <laughs> that's cemented my, afford it. my January appointment. <laughs> but I would say that someone would say to you, Kate, was what they said to Lily which was, I can put this needle in your face today and it won't make any difference to you in 10 years' time. Yeah. So don't do it yet. Okay, I'll do it in February. I have to to say, I mean, it's not quite the same, but I have terrible teeth and about three years ago, I decided to have, what are they called? Veneers. Veneers. And I realised once I'd had the veneers that I smiled before I'd smiled with my hand in front of my mouth. So that's a kind of... I didn't need to have it done. There was nothing wrong with my teeth, except they didn't look good. Um, So, Kate, just ignore me. Do what you want. I will. You've got to moisturise. You've got to moisturise. That's what we don't do. Um, But I never see any men buying them. Like, it's just not advertised to them, like, at all. Same as hair dye. Hair dye isn't advertised to men because they're allowed to go grey. Yeah. I think that is true. I think they're allowed to look older. If we yeah. look at people like George Clooney, particularly he springs to mind. Yeah, he's the one that's been springing to mind. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I think we only think they look better because everything in the media and society tells us that that is okay. So we're like, they look really great for that, for, you know, as they age and still attractive because everything about society tells us that as men age, they're still attractive. Whereas everything about society tells us that as women age, they get less attractive. And it's obviously we have free will and blah, blah, blah. But it's almost like they are telling us what to think to some degree. Mm. Because they're the exposure, they're put in roles where they are like 
you know, macho and attractive. So we're going to think they're attractive. So I was listening to Radio 4, my favorite Classic. Um, and it was talking about how Vogue and all of those magazines have basically gone, oh shit, we haven't put enough women of a certain age on the cover. So they then put loads of women of that age, like, um, who did they put on? I can't remember who they put on. They put loads of people... I think they were doing 60, 70 plus, put them on the cover. And then loads of people just slated these women and they hadn't dressed them well. They hadn't done their makeup well. They hadn't done their hair well. They'd basically gone, we need to do something. Let's put these women on. Okay, we actually haven't worked towards that woman's age or what she likes to wear. Do you think that the whole idea, like the notion of what is actually attractive in a male is just somehow inherently different so that when we see a male maybe with wrinkles or like a gray beard that actually when we're looking at like forces of attraction Mm. that actually could be seen as attractive because it might indicate life experience maybe wealth success possessions power and all interesting that it's not just that they're allowed it's not just society society's telling us that yeah but there might be more in that but or if that is the case i think it should be the same for women women shouldn't be discriminated against because of their age if we're allowing men to be old and attractive women should be allowed to be old and attractive i think the phrase things like mutton dressed as lamb you would never associate that with an older man yet you would associate that automatically. So that's what they were saying about these women on Vogue and all of these other things. They were like, oh, they're mutton dressed as lamb. They're trying to be something else. And it's like, they haven't factored in stuff that we don't necessarily have to factor in for men because you put a man in a suit at 21, he looks the same as if you put him in a suit at 80. Whereas a woman, you wouldn't wear the same at 21 as you would at 80. So there's something about what they did on that cover of the magazine, which was not fair to those women, no. really, was it? Because it was sort of putting them at a disadvantage. So I think there's something about being being at a stage. I mean, you don't wear the same clothes. I don't know about you, but, you know, my clothes are not the same now as they were when I was in my 20s. And I'm kind of OK with that. Mm. Like, I, don't, I don't want to look like that. I don't want to dress like that. And that doesn't feel like a compromise. It feels like... This is who I want to be now. Mm, yeah. and, and so I wouldn't want to put on, I don't know, tiny strappy tops or things like that anymore. And, that feels and that's okay. absolutely fine. But again, the point is, if someone who was older did want to wear that stuff, she should be allowed. Do you remember recently when Dolly Parton wore a crop top? Mm, no. And Dolly Parton wore a crop top recently and she looked amazing. But every mainly men everyone was just slating the shit out of her because Mm. of her age and because she was wearing a crop top i was like if that was a man that i'm sure his age wouldn't have even come up because he dolly parton let's not forget is successful like extremely charitable extremely wealthy yet still they're talking about her age and the fact that she was wearing a crop top yeah i think you get it on the all the time when men like for example would wear a speedo on the beach Yes. And a woman would wear a bikini. If they were a couple and they were of the same age, people would comment on the bikini, but not the speedo. Yes, I think Helen Mirren got lots of negative press because she wore a bikini and she was in her 60s. She's got a great figure. I mean, why shouldn't she? Does it matter? It is her body. She wasn't doing anything to 
hurt anyone else. And and also moving aside from the looks, it's do women go on working as long as men? I'm not just talking about business women. Um, I'm on a, a dating website. And the number of men in their 60s who are still working are not as businessmen or architects, but there was one guy, um, he's a bus driver. He still does the odd ship. That's one thing I've found, that being older, I suddenly think, oh, I haven't got that many years when I can do something, write the novel, create a company, neither of which I'm probably going to do. But <laughs> at an age when you've got that life experience... We should be using it. I know the government has asked a few years ago, said people should volunteer more when they retire to give back some of the information, some of the skills they've got. We should we should be using it. Um, age is not revered in this country, is it? Age is not thought well of. I mean, we've lived so many years. We've got we've got things that we can pass on, or things that we can still do. If you could all give us your houses, <laughs> that would be really... Yeah. Well, where are we going to... Oh, well, we'll come and live with you. That's no problem. You can live in the van, Mum. I think that is very true because I was talking with someone the other day about wanting to know more about nature, like growing herbs or growing potatoes or growing tomatoes. And then it, the topic became, well, the information isn't being passed down from generation to generation to generation. And then it became potentially because when everyone was having kids and being at work, that whole scenario, which just to be honest sounds hard, no one had time to grow their own potatoes or grow their own tomatoes because you were having kids and both the man and the woman were at work full time. The information seems to have stopped. It's just like hit a wall and it's not being passed down anymore. What, what generations it hit a wall at? Well, I think you guys, because you were very busy, I think. Do you think it was probably to do with women being enabled to go to work and be parents? And so there's something around that. So I was, um, once again, listening to my one source of information, Radio 4, um, and they were saying that Halfords, as in the bike company, are doing apprenticeships, but not for the classic 16+. plus. They're doing it for 60 plus. So they're teaching people to come in on an apprenticeship higher wage than you would normally for an apprentice. Um, and they're teaching them to become mechanics, bike mechanics and stuff like that, because they said that obviously our generation, our population is aging and we've got an aging population. We've got people who have valuable skills but are not they're not being put into use but also want to learn and want to develop but can teach the younger apprentices well this is how you behave in the workplace this is what i've learned you teach me how to become a mechanic and i'll teach you to not be a little shithead that and sounds I, brilliant i thought it was really good and they, i think they have it wasn't a huge number of people i think there were 15 people on it or something like that but i thought it was a really good little incentive for quite a big company actually and that's why I invested a £5 stock in them. I made £1.50. So far? Oh, are you meant to keep them in? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> See, wisdom that you should have passed down to me. So whilst we're on the subject of kind of careers, how did you two both feel about 
your careers and getting older or potentially having kids or I did have a fairly negative experience um when I became pregnant with you thank you not (laughs) nothing to do with you (laughs) so I was working for Sun Alliance at the time and I became pregnant I wanted to go back to work but I wasn't sure I wanted to go back full-time but I was told that I had to go back full-time and once I'd had you I realized that I didn't want to do that but my con- there wasn't uh, an option for sort of altering the contract. They just went, you either come back full time or you don't come back. And that was really problematic. Um, and that was only obviously in the 90s. So it's not that long ago. I would hope that that kind of thing has changed now. Uh, but if they'd been accommodating, you would have still been working part time. Yeah, I would have probably gone back and had a completely different career path. That's awful. And also um, feels illegal. <laughs> yeah, it feels very yes. illegal. Yes. I didn't fight it. I mean, I was 23 and I didn't, I don't think I really knew where I stood legally, but they were a big company and that's what they told me. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It is really tough, isn't it? Because it was the expectation that you just go back to work and you're expected to balance childcare. And, and what you were saying earlier about how women kind of had the childcare and the um, job and that's why stuff wasn't passed down. There was just that expectation that you did all the childcare and you did all the bringing up and you did all of that. Plus you had a full-time job because otherwise you just weren't coping or whatever. And it's our generation is slowly starting to try and influence. But stuff like that where they just go, oh, actually, no, you can't come back. We can't accommodate you has just taught people that that, is okay to do and it's frustrating and incredibly stressful I mean because basically you're doing two full-time jobs you're being a parent and you're doing your job and it is so stressful but I don't know how much that is changing because I was listening to Radio 4 the other day and they were saying that men still don't do as much of the housework and the parenting as women and I just think, wow, when's this ever going to change? It's things <laughs> like, oh, dad's going to give you a night off. Yeah. Give you a night off. Excuse me? Mm. I met a woman the other day who got a couple of youngish children. Um, I think one was in secondary school, but still young. And um, I said, and what do you do? And she said, she looked so embarrassed. And she said, I'm afraid I don't work. And she said, it's really hard by the time I've dropped one kid off, picked it up, then dropped the other. And she was apologising. And I thought, you shouldn't have to apologise. You have made that choice. They obviously could afford it. You have made that choice and it is viable. It is what you want to do. You are giving your your everything to your family and no doubt one day she will go back to work. I was very happy to, to go back to work. But for some people, they want that choice. And why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't women do that? It's, I think parenting's undervalued, isn't it? So oh. when someone says, oh, I'm just a parent, and you think, but that's probably the most important job you'll ever do in your life, you know, for, to bring up a child. <laughs> it's pretty important, isn't it? It is. I was surprised that she felt like that because I know when I had Kate, I had one or two friends who didn't work and they felt guilty. And that's what, 30 years ago. Why aren't things changing? Um, and do you think so you had me older do you think that 
you because you had me older and because you were I guess more mature than you would have been if you had had me younger obviously um do you think that that impacted your decision to go back to work because you felt like you'd learn or do you think I was just such a wonderful child who basically could do everything myself that you could leave me at home no I I felt I'd I'd worked hard to to do what I did in my job and I did want to go did want to go back I but like you Emily I didn't necessarily want to go back full time and um you know I could have reduced my well I did go back on reduced hours and then things changed and my job because I I worked in the media um which is quite demanding and the hours are, are quite long and I could be in various places so um when I became a single parent that it just wasn't viable just wasn't viable so I had to to change but um no I wanted to go back to work but I still wanted to have time with you but having a career change in my 40s has been probably one of the best things that I've ever done because I became a counselor it's one of the few careers where age and wisdom does work in your favor mm. you know most people a lot well a lot of clients will ask for an older female therapist mm. so it's kind of there's a little niche where that is seen as valuable so the final question we have for you ladies is did you have it all together by the time you were 30 absolutely no I got it together by the time I'm 60 and I think my biggest regret is that I wish I'd known then what I know now, which of course is impossible. I wish, and confidence is it. I would, I'm confident now, but I, I wasn't at 30. But that's why I feel women especially, we should be doing more in our later life because we've got all this knowledge. And I think because we've got more empathy, we've got more creativity a lot of the time. That's a bit across the board but I think we should be making more of what we've got now as we get older yeah and I definitely didn't and I don't know what having it together really is (laughs) but whatever it is I definitely didn't have it at 30 I don't know if I've got it now (laughs) whether I ever will have it together and as you get older maybe because you get more wisdom you find meaning in other stuff that's more meaningful um you know deeper stuff rather than have I got wrinkles should I get Botox? That the that kind of stuff. Mm. I think that does fall away a bit, and then you go, "What's my life really about?" Actually, mm. so we've still got some some things to go, <laughs> <laughs> some confidence building, and I think that that is more than okay to be in life and just be okay and just accept that that's where you are and that's where you're going to be for a little bit. We're now moving on to the next section. Yeah. Each week we do a what is hot and a what is not. But this season we've decided to edit it a little bit. Something new, something fresh. And we're going to be calling it overrated and underrated. Um, We thought as you two are our first ever guests on this podcast, we would give you the pleasure and the honour of being the first people to ever do overrated underrated on the least of our problems the floor is yours 
Who would like to go first? Don't battle it out too much. What goes first? Over or under? Dealer's choice. Underrated butterscotch angel delight. Oh, mum, it's disgusting. That's so true. I love that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's revolting. It's by far and the best make, flavour. Make it really nauseating. Have it hot with clotted cream. <laughs> that is disgusting, mum. <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. I'm going to try that. How can you eat that? I don't even think you need to eat it. Just slides right down, doesn't it? <laughs> Use it as an anti-aging product. <laughs> I haven't had any for about three years, but I went to... I could go around the supermarket and think, oh, I must... Oh, my God, I remember that phase. You used to put it in that big red bowl. and you Yes. Used to, oh, disgusting. And my overrated is Strictly Come Dancing. Ooh, controversial. Yeah. Do you know what went downhill since Julian Clary? Do you know when I lost interest, when um, that YouTuber went on it, Zoella's brother went on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> no, I'm just looking at a wall full of blank faces here. <laughs> I don't know who Zoella is. And oh, good. No, neither do I. Yeah, okay. Well, it was just, yeah, it was the worst. So Why, why is it so overrated for you, Mum? Well, because you could make it much shorter. <laughs> <laughs> It just takes so long and then they have to come back the next day to find... And also, why do they have people on it who obviously can dance? It would be great if across the board they were all people who had two left feet and then they'd really see who could dance. Go on, Mum. Um, I was going to say for overrated um, Harry Potter... But I feel like I, I can't. Get another because, sharp intake. I know, because I'm like, there's just going to be... No. So I just... <laughs> I, I think, think, it's I think Emily's got herself cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, I went for something a bit more serious in the end. So I went, overrated is having all our contact on social media. Mm-hmm. And underrated is not having enough time face to face with people anymore yep i like that mm, in, interlinking over and underrated right, we're just going to do a little refer back if you want to go and listen to our social me- media episode you can um but we said in that that 90 percent of the time people aren't actually having fun but then on social media it looks like they're having loads of fun and then people feel bad that they're not there at this non-fun party that look fun on social media I also think people forget that hanging out doesn't have to be amazing and life-changing and wonderful and funny the whole time as it looks on social media. Mm-hmm. You can just hang out with a group of mates and just chill. Life has got to have boredom in it. Maybe you could become that person. Maybe that's, oh, that's my entire, entire life. <laughs> <laughs> we could start a thing. Average days <laughs> for average people. I feel really bad now that I chose... Um, butterscotch angel delight. <laughs> no, no I think that's perfect. Honestly, I, I am actually a deeply serious person. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. They were perfect. They were, that was everything I could have wanted and more. So, thank you. Uh, the last part of our podcast is a confession, and so I actually had to do some digging for this confession. So I've sorted out. And it's actually related to being a mum. So I'm gonna, we're gonna open this up to the mums and whether this person can be resolved of their sin or whether they have to live with it and feel really guilty. So, hey girls, 
thanks for including me. It was forced because I had to message and ask. (laughs) I was like, do you have any confessions? I am a mum of a young child. Cool. Fine. Great. This kid, as all kids do, on a journey, always asks for McDonald's, Burger King or KFC. I always refuse, which I think is the good mum thing to do. However, I regularly on my drive home from work, stop off at McDonald's, Burger King or KFC, depending on which way I go. I sit in my car and I eat it. I shove all of the wrappers into a small bag and put that at the bottom of my bin when I get home. Am I a bad mum? Do I, should I feel guilty when my kids, I deny them that, yet I regularly, probably once every two weeks, eat exactly what they're craving, but deny them it. Mm, I don't know. It's very hard, isn't it? I think that's okay because she's she's not feeding junk food to the child. She's an adult. If she wants to have the junk mm. food, she can take responsibility. I just love the idea that she's sat somewhere on a random road that she's probably just pulled into and she's like, oh, I've got to finish a double Big Mac before I get home. <laughs> but also what happens is if, if this child has been denied McDonald's for so long, and then, you know, he gets his, gets his own job and he gets some pocket money. He goes into McDonald's and he has, has his first taste of McDonald's and he's hooked for life because he's been denied it for so many years and he just can't stop eating McDonald's. But once once he gets to secondary school, he's going to have McDonald's, isn't he? Because he's going to go to friends. and the, But I think those f- very formative years when you want to... No, I, I think she's doing the right thing. No McDonald's in formative years. McDonald's later on. Well, he's bound to. Once you're at secondary school, and he'll lie, he'll eat peppermints. No, I, I haven't. No, had that's McDonald's. what you do when you smoke, Mum. That's what you do when you smoke. I just changed it well, to think... McDonald's when I was a kid. <laughs> oh no, the reason I've got peppermint is because I had a McDonald's, not a Marlboro Light. You <laughs> mean you were lying all those years? Well, it's been absolutely delightful having you. So thank you for joining us. It's been really nice. If slightly nerve-wracking did you guys enjoy it yeah yeah yes. it's really interesting yeah and fun yeah thank yeah. you that was perfection what's everyone gonna do now go eat a mcdonald's i actually might <laughs> yes i could really fancy a mcdonald's now <laughs> but it's got a angel delight for me <laughs> yes plastered over the top <laughs> well thanks for listening everyone and thank we'll you. see you next week goodbye welcome to season two we love you we love you bye Say bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm on my running one. Oh, I've done 20,000 steps today. Oh, I just got that in by accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I said to you at Christmas, for a 60-plus woman, you got a good bum. (laughs) I think you used the word arse. I think one good thing about this country, and you know, and there aren't that many. Oh, well, there goes that. Do I get paid for this? <laughs> <laughs>